This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi everyone. This is Delfina Correa from Be Made Whole and the John Maxwell team. Today we are wrapping up our series uh, with the title Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. This series is based on the book by John Maxwell with the same name. Uh, we've, uh, throughout the series, we spoke about five connecting principles, principles that are important for you to connect with people so that you can take your life to the next level in every arena of your life and every relationship in your life. Uh, today, uh, after speaking of the principles, we moved on to connecting practices. If you want to know more about uh, uh, those recordings, you can find them on my podcast on my website, of which I'll give details later, or you can find it on the Radio Cape Pulpit a chat, um, website, uh, there is a channel with all my podcasts on there. Uh, today we're talking about the last connecting practice. And it says that connectors live what they communicate. Let's talk a bit about credibility today. In the first six months of any relationship, whether it's personal or professional, then uh, we tend to focus on a person's communication skills in order to make a judgment about them. We judge the person by their communication skills. If they're good communicators, then uh, you'll find that we'll t- tend to listen to them. People tend to believe them and they'll even follow them. And that's that's good. But the only thing is that it's, this is like a honeymoon that doesn't last very long because after the honeymoon comes the marriage. You've heard that one before, I'm sure. Sometimes that too is wonderful, but sometimes it's not. So what makes the difference? I believe the difference is credibility. In any kind of relationship, the first six months, your communication skills will override your credibility. But after six months, your credibility will override your communication. People start to see through pretense and facades and acting and all that sort of thing. And they begin to look at the actual messenger more than the message. When a person is credible, the longer the time the better it gets. But for someone who lacks credibility, the longer the time, guess what? The worse it gets. So if I want to live what I communicate, I've got to pass the trust test. There's a trust test you've got to take. Credibility is all about trust, isn't it? People want to be able to trust you. Trust will erase things like worry and um, it'll free us up to get on with important matters. I would say that when we are credible or when we can be trusted, that is a huge time saver. It simplifies things and we can get on with important business. Trust always impacts communication. To be an effective connector, we want to connect with people over the long haul, not those early first six months. I need time. I'm talking about the marriage now. You have to establish credibility by living what you communicate. If you don't, then you're going to undermine trust. And the people will disconnect from you. They'll stop listening before long. The bottom line is that effectiveness of the communication relies more on the character of the messenger than on the content of the message. Whatever I say, once people get to know me, my character is what's going to stand out more than what I actually say. Because in the, at the end of the day, you are your message. Even the most skilled performer can't keep up a facade for very long. Eventually, the real person is going to show through, whether they're at work, at home, on a stage, anywhere. 
Whatever you do, the real you eventually will shine through. So to connect well with people, you've got to become the kind of person that you would want to connect with. How you portray yourself, how you communicate, and how you live, they need to all be consistent. There must be congruency between them. If not, then we lack credibility. So let's do the trust test. How to be credible. You can gauge yourself on this, see where you fit into the picture, and not with condemnation. Uh, the, the way I, I have it here is that it's going to show you how to be credible. So it's the tools to get there if you're not there. First thing is you've got to connect with yourself before you can connect with anybody else. In order to connect with yourself, you first need to know who you are. You need to know yourself. And that comes from intentional self-assessment. It means that I have to discover my strengths. I need to reflect about and meditate on them. I've got to pray about them. I've got a journal. Maybe some people write down. It's good to write things down at times, certain things that are important. It helps us to think more deeply about them. And we also got to be able to talk to others about our weaknesses. Now, I'm not saying wear your heart on your sleeve and tell everybody about everything that you're not good at. I'm just saying a trusted person will help you to overcome a weakness that is hindering your life. We can't be strong and perfect in everything. But all of us have a weakness or two that we know is limiting our lives. And we want to be able to get beyond that and overcome those weaknesses. The ironic thing about um, knowing yourself is that you first need to spend a whole lot of time focusing on yourself and then you'll be freed up after that. Once you know who you are, you'll be freed up so you can uh, have the time to then focus on others. You, then you can take your attention off yourself. After knowing yourself, you need to like yourself. If you don't like yourself, you're never going to want to connect with people. You're not going to like people. I have to like myself first before I can even have the desire to connect with others. And to like yourself, you need to self-talk a little bit. Zig Ziglar said, The most influential person who will talk to you all day long is you. So you should be very careful what you say to you. Are you thinking about the words that you're saying to yourself? How do you see yourself? Well, how you talk about yourself is a good revealer of that. Now, I want to just get the balance here. Being positive about yourself doesn't mean that you deny your wrongdoings and you ignore problems or mistakes and you just confess them all away. It doesn't mean that. It just means that you maintain a realistic but positive outlook on life, that you're honest about your weaknesses and you focus about using your strengths and you've got integrity in every area of your life. When you know who you, what you do have and what you've got to offer others, then it will make you a, a better connector with people because you will then focus on your strength to connect. You won't try to give what you don't have. Uh, moving from there, once you know yourself, now that you know where you can add value to others, you also got to be willing to right your wrongs. Think about this. How much credibility can you maintain if you make mistakes? We've all made mistakes. And there's a very high chance we're going to make one soon again. Everybody makes mistakes. So how can we, um, does that mean that nobody can be credible? How can we be credible? I believe it depends on how we respond to those mistakes. So if I want to keep my credibility despite not being perfect and making mistakes and 
doing the wrong, making the wrong choice sometimes. How do I do that? Well, the first thing is I've got to be willing to admit my mistakes. Failure to admit mistakes causes the message to be questioned. And that causes the integrity of the messenger to be questioned. And that's, that's going to stop. It causes a disconnect. People disconnect. Because let's face it, to be human is to mess up. But someone once said, it's human to mess up, but to connect, you must fess up, you know. Fess up meaning confess. You've got to confess when you're wrong. You've got to be willing to admit it. And that's how you will maintain integrity and you will restore your credibility. You've got to be willing to acknowledge your mistakes and apologize when you have wronged someone. When your actions have hurt others, you actually owe them an apology. It's the right thing to do. It can actually shorten the agony that you feel when you mess up. You know, that agony you get, ooh, I messed up. Oh, boy, you know, doesn't look good. And it's easier to put that whole incident behind you once you've apologized. That's why uh, in the Bible it says you've got to confess your sins one to another. You know, if I've wronged someone, I must go and confess it to them. Uh, It's actually so that we can move on. It's for our benefit. Thomas Jefferson said an interesting thing. He said, if you have to eat crow, Eat it while it's young and tender, (laughs) not while it's tough. So you want to apologize. Just do it as soon as possible so you can feel better, so you can move on. You've got to be also willing to make amends Uh, when you've done something wrong. If it's at all within your power to correct the negative impact of what you've done. Sometimes we 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 do something and it, it actually causes a negative effect in someone else's life. It harms them. If it's at all possible, we want to fix that harm that was caused. Try to find a way to make it up to the people that you have wronged. Uh, there was a time once I, um, uh, when I got married, uh, someone did little table numbers for us, and uh, he wanted to start a business with these decorative things. And I told him after he makes it, I would supply the material. If he could just make them, then I would give them back to him afterwards, and he could reuse them. But, you know, on the wedding day, uh, everything was so crazy, busy, and, and I forgot to tell the, the lady who coordinated the hall to keep them, and they threw them away. And the next day I remembered, and I phoned her, I said, oh, please, can you just keep those? I hope you haven't thrown them away. And she said, oh, no, they've been thrown away. And I felt so bad. I couldn't give them back to him, the, the table numbers. But you know what? I, I apologized to him for it, and I bought him a big uh, tray of biscuits, I I wanted to make it up to him. It was the only way I did the best that I could to try to make it up because I couldn't restore what had been lost. Uh, But that was the passion of trying to make amends wherever I could. So now that we're willing to admit mistakes, how about just telling the truth up front? Here's a story I'd like to tell you to illustrate that. Uh, It's a story of John Maxwell. Uh, He had a group of executives that asked him, about uh, hiring people. They asked him uh, what principles he follows when he hires people in his organization. And they asked him, what's the key? (laughs) And this was his answer. He said, I only have one rule. I never do the hiring. I'm terrible at it. I have a horrible track record at hiring people. I'm so optimistic. I have such a high belief in people that I'm unrealistic. It doesn't matter what red flags come up in the interview with a candidate. I always think, I can help this person to improve. I can help them to succeed. 
Now that's not the right attitude for an interviewer. To be successful in this area, you need people who are skeptical. The kind of individuals who wouldn't even hire their grandmother or their mother. When I quit hiring, it took my organization to a whole new level, he said. These executives really appreciated that um, he knew his weakness. He, and he, wasn't, uh, he was honest enough. He wasn't ashamed to admit it and talk about it. He didn't try to hide it. He was willing to say that his organization improved after he stopped hiring the people. So don't have to be afraid about admitting where you're weak. There are few things worse than someone who doesn't know what they're talking about and they, they're making things up as they go along. They're trying to pretend like they know that they're an expert and they actually don't have a clue. You see, here's the bottom line. Credibility is not perfection, but it's a willingness to admit imperfection. You know, if people spend long enough time with you, they already know your weaknesses. By admitting them, you're just letting them know that you know those weaknesses too. That's all. They already know them. You also got to be willing to follow the golden rule when it comes to credibility. We've spoken about um, how to be credible is you got to connect with yourself. You got to right your wrongs. You got to tell the truth. And here's the golden rule. It probably sums it all up. The golden rule says, treat others as you would want to be treated. That's easy to know, isn't it? Sounds so easy. Sounds so simple. But it's a lot harder to do, isn't it? Anytime someone has power or they get promoted to a position of power, you can learn a lot about them by watching what they do with that power. When they interact with others who don't have that same power or position or strength, how do they treat them? Is it consistent with what they communicate? Their actions and their words, are they consistent? Is it consistent with the golden rule? The answers to those questions will tell you a whole lot about their character. It'll say, are they credible or are they not? Do they have integrity or do they lack integrity? Here's an interesting true story about the golden rule. Jim B uh, Blancard, he was the former CEO of Synovus Financial Corporation, a huge corporation in the United States. Currently, or the last time I checked, they had thousands of employees already. They are a nationwide uh, financial institution in the United States. And uh, when he was the CEO, this um, organization grew dramatically. So he was interviewed one day and they asked him what, what the key to the success of it was. And this is what he said. He said that the company only has one rule, the golden rule. He said that in the first two years after implementing this rule, uh, a third of their top executives were fired. Isn't that interesting? Because they weren't treating people correctly. But here's how he got it right. Every year at the company's annual, uh, the annual staff meeting, he would give his personal number to each and every staff member, his mobile number. And he would tell them if anyone in Synovus treated them in a way that was not consistent with the golden rule, they should give him a call and tell him all about it. When I first saw this, I thought, what a genius. Just look at that. He put that time and effort. I'm sure he knew he was going to get a lot of phone calls. Maybe for the first month or two. He did get a lot of phone calls. He had to put a lot of time and effort into his people. But you know something? 
all those rotten apples left very quickly. I believe either people straightened out, they left, or they got fired. Either way, he got rid of the rotten apples in his organization. And that organization grew to uh, in a, in, exponentially in the time that he was the CEO. I can just imagine some of those uh, managers or leaders, the, the executives, uh, before they want to talk to their staff, um, in the back of their mind, they're thinking, I better treat these people right, or the big boss is going to hear about it. They're going to phone him, and then I'm in trouble. I might lose my job. I better straighten out. <laughs> Can you just imagine if you're listening today and you are a CEO of a company or you are in a position of leadership, you might want to try that out. Can you imagine what's going to happen to your team if you did that? You might go bananas with phone calls for a little while, but it won't be long and your phone will be quiet because everyone will be angels. You'll be left with all the angels and all the little devils will be gone. <laughs> oh, such an interesting story. What a genius, genius idea. I'd like to conclude this series now on connecting with people. I'd like to conclude it with this. Whatever you do with the talent that you have, you will put it to much better use if you will just connect with people. And you can learn to increase your influence in every situation because connecting is more skill than talent, than natural talent. There's far more skill than natural talent involved. You can do it. You can learn it. It's not out of your reach, but I dare to say, it might be out of your comfort zone. In fact, it probably will be out of your comfort zone because you may have to learn to do some things differently. You may, you may have to learn some new things. You may have to do things very differently to the way you've done it before. But here's the thing. It's not out of your reach. Connecting is all about thoughtfulness, about common ground, about giving energy. It is very well within your power to do it. But the question for all of us is, is it within my will? And that's what I'd like to leave you with today. Connecting with people. Is it within your will? This is Delfina Correa from Be Made Whole. And that wraps up the series, Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. If you want to know more about what I do, you're welcome to visit my website at bemadewhole.co.za. You'll find my blog, the podcast with all these recordings. You'll find the books that I've written for sale. You'll find the courses that I do, most of them John Maxwell courses. I am licensed to teach uh, the John Maxwell material as, the, uh, uh, as a member of the John Maxwell team. There's also a contact form there. Please feel free to contact me with anything that you'd like to know. Thank you very much. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.